have already heard the passage from which I will be preaching today. That's John, the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verses 12 through 32. <clears throat> we have heard that word, I will only repeat three passages, three verses in that passage that I will be focusing on, but we will look briefly at the entire blessed uh, passage here before us. <clears throat> John chapter 8, beginning in verse 30. This is God's word. As he spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Amen. <clears throat> Holy and righteous Father, I stand before thee, weak, feeble, Sinful. Deserve nothing but thy wrath, and every soul present deserves nothing but thy outrage and fury. Except thou hast shown us amazing grace, all in Christ. And Father, I thank thee for the wonderful blessings of thy Holy Son that pour to us today through him by the power of thy spirit. And now as we come to thy inspired, infallible word, please come by the mighty power of thy spirit. We have sung to thee. We have prayed to thee. We have set before thee already precious memories of one that we love and miss. So, O oh God, come by thy comforting, come by thy mighty spirit, deal with the hearts of young and old, unless we are alive when thou dost return. Every one of us in this room has a date like today, when others will gather and consider our loss. Please, O oh Father, make this day special. Make this day glorifying unto thee and make it edifying to thy people and comforting and encourage to our brother yes. who had lost his beloved crown. We ask all of this in the name of Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. On the back side of a desert, at the mountain of God, Moses tended his father's flock, his father-in-law's flock. There, Moses saw something mysterious, miraculous, captivating. A bush blazing with fire, but the flames did not consume that bush. 
the living God spoke to Moses out of that burning, fiery bush. And Moses asked God's name. God said, I am that I am. This is my name forever. Like the flaming bush, God's holy name burned in the minds of the Jews throughout their generations. More than a thousand years later, the eternal Son of God became a human, born of a virgin. He was truly God. He was truly man in one person, born into the darkness of this sinful world. His name, the name above all names, was and is Jesus. Yet in John's Gospel, we find something startling. Something as mysterious, miraculous, and captivating as the burning bush. Jesus often referred to himself with God's name. I am. I am. Jesus' teaching and miracles testified to his deity. And Jesus' teaching and miracles unfailingly raised controversies. Controversies with the Jewish leaders. And now in this passage, Jesus declares for the second time in John's Gospel, one of his I am sayings. I am the light of the world. The Old Testament refers to God as, of course, the I am, it refers to him as light. The Lord is my light and my salvation. So, Jesus made two references to his real identity in that one sentence. I am the light of the world. He was and he is the shining light of salvation in our dark world, ruled by the God of this world, Satan. Jesus promised that those who followed him would have the light of life that infuriated his enemies. And his enemies were indeed the Pharisees. They hotly contradicted Jesus' testimony. Thy record is not true, they said. Oh, my friends, the culture we live in, even the world we inhabit, defiantly repeats the same blasphemy. Thy record, Jesus, is not true. But Jesus proclaimed that his witness was true. He reminded the Jews that their law demanded at least two witnesses. I am one, he said, that bear witness of myself, and the Father that sent me beareth witness of me. Then Jesus boldly asserted that they did not know him or his Father. Though they were the highly educated cream of the religious crop, the Jewish leaders were indeed strangers to God. Religion of itself 
even religion established by God saves no one. Though they were highly educated, they did not know the God they said they worshipped. They were strangers to God and they were strangers to his son, Jesus. Jesus then perplexed his enemies. I go my way and ye shall die in your sins. Whither I go, ye cannot come. And they had no idea what Jesus meant. And Jesus told them why. Ye are from beneath and I am from above. Ye are of this world. I am not of this world. Jesus was pointing to his eternal divine existence and deity. He went on to rebuke and warn them. I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins. For if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. And so it is for every human being that has or will take breath in this world. You will believe on the living Christ unto everlasting life or you will die in your sins and be forever in the flames of hell. Now that was shocking language to the religious elite. But in that statement, Jesus exposed the heart of the problem. His enemies did not believe him. They did not believe on him. They did not believe him. They did not believe that he was the promised Messiah. They did not believe that he was the Son of God. They did not believe that he was the light of the world. And they did not believe that they would die in their sins. And many, if not most, of the Jewish religious leadership would die in their sins. So Jesus pressed his case further. He wasn't finished. And he referred to his coming crucifixion. When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am he. The Greek reads, then shall ye know that I am. And as he spoke of his faithful obedience to his heavenly Father, many believed on him. This is a bit puzzling and it's a bit distressing to some. But John's gospel actually teaches that there are temporary disciples. People that say they're beginning the course and they don't finish it. Nevertheless, Jesus shocked the Jews who believed him. If ye continue in my word, if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed? 
doesn't say if you continue in my word, you will be. This is not about meriting anything. It's about showing who and what you are. And Jesus said, and if you continue in my words, ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. With those famous and profound words, Jesus gave us words that have, unfortunately, become a slogan for believers and unbelievers. How often have you heard the truth will set you free? It has nothing to do with Christ. Truth will set you free. We hear that applied to all kinds of human situations. However, Jesus, the eternal Word of God made flesh, was not talking about truth, truth in a general sense. He did not mean the truth about political parties, government policies, secular education, scientific discoveries, historical events, or sinister conspiracies. He did not mean the truth about President Kennedy's assassination, the tragedy of 9-11, the 2020 presidential election, COVID, or vaccines. He meant the truth of who he was, the truth what he said, and the truth about what he did to save sinners. That's the truth he is speaking of. Without that truth, you will never be free. I will never be free. He meant the truth that he, the God-man, would die on Calvary's cross and rise again on the third day to save sinners from their crimes against heaven. He meant the truth that Christ's blood makes the foulest sinners clean. He meant the truth that God saves sinners by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ Jesus alone. And the freedom Jesus spoke of was not freedom from any personal restraint. Freedom from any external authority. Freedom, freedom to do whatever anyone wants to do. Right. That's not what he was talking about. He had a very specific freedom in mind. It is a freedom, the only freedom from the power of sin in this world. It is a freedom from the penalty of sin in this world and the next. And freedom from the presence of sin in the world to come. That's the freedom he's talking about. 
freedom for Almighty God to be what He saved us to be. That's real freedom. That's why Jesus said, follow me and stay in my word. That's where the truth is. It is a soul liberation that comes only by repentance of sin and faith in the crucified and resurrected God-man Jesus Christ. Faith in who he is. Faith in what he said. And faith in what he did to save sinners. There's no real freedom. There will never be any true freedom apart from believing that. Amen. The world will sell you short on what freedom is. Believing Christ's truth, believing these things that we've considered, sets a soul free, truly free, from the condemnation of God's law, free from the fear of eternal damnation, free from slavery to sin, free from the death grip of lusts, free from the bondage of people's opinions, free from the lordship of Satan, free from the fear of death. We're here because of death. But in Christ, we're free from any true fear of death. The prideful Jews answered Christ, We be Abraham's seed and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? How can you say that? Jesus answered immediately, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committed sin is the servant of sin. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Well, the Jews continued arguing with Jesus until he said, Why do you not understand my speech? Why is it that you're not getting this? I can tell you. Because ye cannot hear my word. Ye are of your father, the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. What a blow! The Jews fought back. Abraham is our father. Jesus replied, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now ye seek to kill me, a man that has told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. The Jews became even more enraged. We have one father, even God. Again, Jesus replied immediately, If God were your father, if he really were your father, you would love me. You cannot love God. Whatever your understanding of the word God is, apart from Jesus Christ the God. 
not possible. Well, he made clear who their father was. It was not the God of the Holy Scriptures that they had memorized. They were religious servants of Satan. Why? Because they didn't believe the truth. Because Jesus is the way truth and the life. Well, at this, Jesus' enraged enemies finally fell to name-calling and blasphemy. Say we not well that thou art a Samaritan and hast a devil? Jesus answered them once again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, if a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. That's an astounding statement. <laughs> He's not talking about physical death. He will never see the horrors of hell. Never. Never. Well, that angered the mob even more. These spiritually blind Jews could not stand this. Now we know that thou hast the devil. You are demon-possessed. You've just proved it. Abraham is dead, and the prophets, and thou sayest, if a man keep my saying, he shall never taste of death. Whom makest thou thyself? Who do you think you are? Jesus answered them. Verily, verily, I say unto you before Abraham was, I am. Not I was, not I will be, I am. Oh, my friends, the voice that spoke from the burning bush, the voice that spoke God's name to believing Moses, that voice now spoke to unbelieving Jews. Before Abraham was, I am. And that did it. To the Jews, a greater blasphemy could not be uttered. A man, a mere Nazarene, applied God's high, holy, and sacred name to himself. That made them bloodthirsty. Their murderous hearts were ready to go into action. Then took they up stones to cast at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out through the temple, out of the temple. Now what does all this have to do with this funeral? 
preaching from a text like this. Because Ellen Marie Ferullo did what the unbelieving Jews did not do. She believed Jesus. She believed Jesus' words, which the highly educated had cast off. She believed that he was the promised Messiah. She believed that he was the Son of God made flesh. She believed that Jesus was the light of the world. And from him, she received the light of life. She believed these things, and the truth set her free. Some of you sitting in here today may be sitting in the bondage of your sin and death. There's one, one, one method of escape. It is the truth of Jesus Christ. In 1994, Ellen saw that she was a sinner. She understood the power of sin in her life. Bill tells me she was all alone. She wasn't in the church. She wasn't around somebody preaching to her. But she understood the truth. And she believed it. Amen. She believed what the Pharisees did not. She believed that Jesus, the God-man, was the only hope for the forgiveness of her sins. And she found great joy in it. She found life in it. She believed that the truth set her free. She told her husband, Bill, that she wanted the epitaph on her tombstone to read. Her hope was in Jesus. The truth set her free. That will speak to generations to come that walk by that tombstone. With hearts harder than the tombstone, the Pharisees rejected the only hope of the light of life. But Ellen Ferula, by the grace of God, believed on the light of the world unto everlasting life. If Ellen could materialize before us, and she cannot, and she will not, but if she could, she would testify that Jesus is the light of the world. She would testify that following him in this world 
led her to the regions of heaven. She would testify that she loved Jesus' words, and she did. On numerous occasions, she would come to me after a sermon and tell me how encouraged, how blessed she was, even how reproved she was. It all pointed her to Christ, and that delighted her. She would testify that now in the regions of holy splendor, she hears the sweet and glorious voice that Moses heard out of the burning bush. Yeah. Ellen Marie Ferullo is in the presence of the Christ she loved and followed. She loved him who loved her before the foundation of the world. And she sees the king in his beauty. She doesn't hear about Jesus anymore. She sees him. Amen. She hears him. And everything in her Ellen's hope was in Jesus. And she now sees the king in his beauty. The truth set her free. Death did not win this round. It was the escort take her into Christ's presence. Her hope was Jesus Christ. And with all my heart, I urge you to believe truth that set Ellen Marie Ferrillo free. For those that know her, for those that know him, their hearts may rejoice. For those that do not, oh, come to him. Come to him. You've heard the testimony of those who spoke of her frailty as a human being, and of her love for Christ and his people. May our hearts rejoice while we weep as we miss her and as Bill goes home to a quiet house. May we remember that she sees the one who set her free. Amen. Amen. My Father in heaven, I praise and thank thee for the mercy and grace thou hast shown us today in thy blessed and pure word. Father, many 
with PhDs can give lip religion to Jesus Christ. But his people follow after him because they love him. They haven't been forced except by the force of captivating love. Oh God, bless thy people today. May all of us be able to stare down death when it appears at our door. Because we know him that is the light of the world. Thou hast set us free. Set those free who do not know thee. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.